before we get started here. Dear Lord, just thank you so much for allowing us to be able to gather around your word, to be able to sing songs of praise to you, and just to be able to fellowship together as believers. Father, I pray that you speak to us tonight, that you speak through me, use me. I'm unworthy to speak your, your word, Lord, but you choose to use vessels that are unworthy. Father, I pray that my words are clear, that we're able to just, uh, just be blessed tonight. Probably in Jesus' name, amen. All right, for you sermon nerds out there, this is what you call a topical message. I'm not a fan of topical messages, so I'm not a fan of my own sermon. But uh, I just chose to, it's something I normally do, but I just chose to preach on a topic this evening, uh, surrender. And with surrenders, it's not something we talk about a lot, right? You just want to like get your white flag out and just like talk about surrender. Uh, but something that Jesus commands. You see in scripture, he says, uh, says uses words like deny himself, lose his life. Uh, it's the, some of the phrases used in the Bible uh, to talk about us surrendering. And there's a couple passages that talk about this. I'm going to be bouncing around uh, to various passages. That's the, the book of the Bible we're in today, as Ethan mentioned. Um, a couple passages start us off. It's Galatians 2.20. It says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. In Romans 12, 1, it says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. So these passages, uh, they mention, mention some things about surrendering. They say, it's, like, it's no longer I who live. That's somebody who's surrendered their life. It's not just... Life is, my life is not just about me anymore. It's about Christ. And in the Romans 12 passage, it says, or to present our bodies as a living sacrifice. This is something that's it's ongoing. It's an ongoing surrender. Uh, and as well as it touches on at the end, it's our spiritual worship. Surrender is abandoning of oneself or ceasing resistance and submitting. We often live our lives for ourselves. We think about what I want to do. We use that word a lot. I want to do. We talk about following your heart. Uh, You hear that all the time. Just follow your heart. It's all the songs and movies. Uh, And we talk about just living our lives uh, for ourselves and listening to ourselves. Uh, We reject authority a lot of times. That's common in our culture to reject authority. Resist! Um, and we just do whatever brings us the most pleasure in the moment. That's, that's a lot of what your culture, our culture tells us to do is just follow our hearts, think about yourself, and the last thing it'll tell you is to surrender to somebody else. Listen to somebody else. But that's, that's what is going to bring us 
the most pleasure is to surrender ourselves to God's authority. Because counterculture, to think that way, to think of surrendering to somebody else is going to give me the most pleasure. You mean not doing something that I want to do is going to give me the most joy? Yeah, maybe God will change your desires to want, to want what he wants. But that's what we're talking about tonight is surrendering, living our lives for Christ, not for ourselves. And surrender is both a one-time act of repenting and it's also believing, believing in Christ, um, but it's also an ongoing act of denying ourselves and living for God. It's that one initial thing, like when you become a believer, you've surrendered your life to God. You've given yourselves over to the king, creator of the universe. And you said, God, I can't do this myself. This is, this is too much for me. I need you in my life. And you surrendered him. And it's also an ongoing thing. It's something that we do every day as believers, denying ourselves, seeking after Christ, saying no to our fleshly nature and seeking to live for him. As we look at this topic of surrender, we're going to look at three different aspects of our surrender. You can see in your notes, the object, the cost, and the action. Sorry, I don't have, I'm not fancy with PowerPoint, so there's nothing like Luke has behind me to do these cool transitions. And it is cool. It is cool. I do like it. Thank you. Wait, can you say again? It's the object. Oh, I, I literally... In your notes. <laughs> I do have no, but that. So the first one, the object. So we're going to look at Exodus 34, 5 through 7. You guys flip there. Um, I don't know if you guys did Bible sword drills when you were in Sunday school. I don't know if they do it here really. Not anymore? When I was a kid, back in that day, <laughs> yeah. we did sword drills, and you flip quickly to passages, so. We're flipping a little bit. Exodus 34, 5 through 7. So in this passage, in this context, uh, Moses has gone up to the mountain, and, and the Lord is giving him the Ten Commandments or for the second time. Um, 5 through 7, it says, The Lord descended in the cloud and stood with him there, him is Moses, and proclaimed the name of the Lord. The Lord passed before him and proclaimed, The Lord, the Lord, a God merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness, keeping steadfast love for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin, but who will by no means clear the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children and the children's children to the third and fourth generation. So when we talk about surrender, we have to talk about the one who we're surrendering to. It's the object here. And this passage is just a, is a clear passage to me. It's, just like, it's God himself proclaiming his name, who he is. And it's, it's just a powerful passage to me. I can just hear, picture the Lord's voice just thundering uh, as he's talking to, to Moses there. God is both our, our king and creator. Like we, we doubly owe him honor. He's the one who, with a breath of his mouth, 
spoke forth our existence. He's the one who, with with a shout, uh, formed planets, water sprouted forth, mountains rose up, animals came to life from from nothing. And uh, we were made in God's own image. Like, he created us. And we often just go over that and just like, oh, yeah, he created us, yeah, yeah. I learned that when I was a little kid. But it's just so amazing that the God who's existed for eternity would take the time to create us and all of creation that we see around us. is so wonderful and beautiful. And you go out there and just look at creation. There's all the detail and everything. And he did all that knowing that we would rebel against him. But he still took the time to to create us for a purpose, for, for a purpose of honoring him, glorifying him. And everything is about God and his glory. We have to to remember that. Everything goes back to him. And he has to be the object of our life. Everything revolves around him. Everything is for him. We're going about our daily lives. We must keep him as the object. And not only is he... Is he creator? He's also king, which means he sovereignly rules over us all. He controls all things, sustains them. He's the one who keeps everything going every second. If you let go for even a nanosecond, everything just implode. He has to be there at all times, keeping the pulse on everything, just keeping everything going. It's not just like he's he said it. He's like, oh, I made it. I can sit back, watch. It's all good. Uh, what are they doing down there? Oh, they're messing things up again. Uh, no, he's, he's sovereign. He is king. He's in control of everything. Even, even though sometimes it might be hard to see it. In some instances, instances, might be going through a trial or something. It might be hard uh, to see that he is king. He is in control. But can you remember that he is always in control? And we can make known our requests to him because he can bring change. As we're going about our lives... Uh, the thing that comforts me about his God's sovereignty is he is in control, so I can talk to him. I can uh, talk to him, not just like I'm talking to a wall, but I'm talking to someone who is actively bringing change into the world. He is the one who who can bring change. And so when, I, when we're praying to God, we're praying to the king. We have direct access to the sovereign ruler of the world. And we can see him in scripture, just time and time again, again, sustaining and providing for his people. You can see that over and over, if you're reading the Old Testament, uh, countless stories of God bringing his people out of famine, out of trial, out of tribulation. And it's just so awesome to, to see how sovereign God is, how in control he is, how he cares and provides for his people. This is the, this is the object of this is who we are surrendering to. This is a good God. Uh, he brings uh, joy to the hopeless. He provides escape for the tempted. And we owe everything to him. And he's so good to us. He's tender. He's loving, compassionate. He cares for us, listens to us. He's there for us when we need him. And we must surrender to him because he deserves our worship. Uh, we were created to serve him. He's the best thing for us. 
and because he's the only one who can bring us true joy and satisfy that unquenchable thirst that we have. We have that, that hole in our, in our soul, a hole in our, our inner being that longs to be known, to connect to someone, and, and only he can fill that. We can try to satisfy that hole other places. You can try to binge Netflix. You can try to uh, go play sports, watch football, whatever it is, um, fill it with relationships, but only God can satisfy that hole that we have. He's there with us in our darkest trial. Uh, when, when I go through my darkest trials, when I feel abandoned, when I feel uh, like there is no hope, like, he's the one I go to. He's the only one who's really going to be able to truly help me. Uh, and without him, like there's, there's nothing. Uh, he also grants eternal life to, uh, to those who surrender to him. So there's that too. <laughs> uh, so with the object, guys, this is, we have to keep the focus here. We have to look to Christ, look to God. He is the only one we can surrender to. We're always going to be surrendering to something. Maybe it's ourselves. Maybe it's uh, giving into sin. Maybe it's following a different person or something else. But our surrender, we have to be surrendering to God. He is the object of our faith, and he's the, he's the most important thing in our lives. Next is the cost. Flip over to Philippians 2, 1 through 11. If you were here two weeks ago, I believe it was, Jeff did the snippet. Was it two weeks ago? I think it was. Two, three weeks ago. Uh, Jeff did a snippet, and one of the things he said was, Chapter 2s are good chapters, uh, when in doubt. This is chapter 2, 1 through 11. The Philippians. So if there is any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the Spirit, any affection and sympathy, complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant. Being born in the likeness of men and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. When we tend to, when we tend to think about uh, surrender, we think about what I need to do, what I need to give up. Uh, but first I want to think about what Christ sacrificed. And in this passage, we see 
what Christ sacrificed. This is the cost of our surrender. He humbled himself. We see here that he did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped. He came to earth, he gave up part of who he was by adding humanity to himself. Addition by subtraction. If you want to hear more on that, there's a DTP that talks more about that. But he came to earth, gave up part of who he was, and it's amazing that the creator of the galaxies and the creator of life stooped to our level and experienced things like a scraped knee, uh, things like hunger, missing a meal, the power of temptation. He stooped to our level. He became one of us. That's crazy that it always baffles me that the sovereign king, the God who created the, us, uh, got rejected by his creation and then chose to love his creation by becoming a part of it and humbling himself in that way and sacrificing himself. The reason we can surrender is because Jesus paid the cost. He bridged the gap that we had. We were alienated from God. We hated him, and there was no way to surrender to him. There was no way to save ourselves, no way to make ourselves right with him until Jesus came and sacrificed himself for us. He made it possible that we could have a relationship with God, that we could surrender to him, that we could have a relationship with him, that we could have somebody or something else that's more important in our lives than, than just what's going on here. And this is, this is something that we always need to keep in mind, that there was, there was a cost. It's not just, uh, it is a free gift that God gives, but it wasn't, wasn't completely free. Somebody had to pay the price. No, and Jesus did. There was a cost. And now, now it's free to us. But he paid that cost. And not only did he humble himself, he, he picked up his cross, uh, carried it to Calvary. And this was two-part sacrifice. There was the physical aspect, right? The, the whipping, the beating, the spitting on, the mocking, the being nailed to a tree. And... There was all of that. That's that's more than I could bear. Uh, that's more than most, most people could bear. Um, but it wasn't just that. There was a spiritual aspect where he surrendered, surrendered himself to the Father's will. Remember in the Garden of Gethsemane, he's sweating drops of blood. And he's, he's there and like, Father, if possible, let this cup pass from me. But he said, let not my will be done, but yours. He surrendered himself to the Father's will. A clear example of him surrendering himself to the Father's will there. That's a good example for us as as Christians. And he surrendered himself. Not only that, he he got separated from the uh, Father. He got the full wrath of our sin, wrath of God for our sin, poured out upon him. And so that we could live for him. Now we can deny ourselves. Now we can follow him. Now we can uh, experience that relationship with Christ because of what he did. He paid for, paid for all of it. And I don't want to just brush over this, but this is, this is important in our lives. This is something that 
is important for each one of us. We talk about the gospel a lot here, and this, and this is very important to the aspect of surrendering. We have to remember there is there is a reason why we need to surrender. We have broken relationship with God, and he, even uh, after we get saved, we still need to be carrying that on. We still have that sin nature inside us. We still have to be denying ourselves. We still have to be following after Christ. And it's all thanks to what he did on the cross for us. Next we have the action. What is the difference between a demon and a Christian? The it's not just believing God is is real, right? We have James 2.19 says, You believe God is one. You do well. Even the demons believe in a shudder. So it's not just like believing there is a God, believing that it's even the God of the Bible. The demons know it's the God of the Bible. Uh, that's not enough. Uh, there's, there's more to it. There has to be some action behind it. So looking at Luke 9, 23 through 24, says, And he said to all, that's Jesus, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. So there has to be some action behind it. You can't just be like, okay, yeah, I know God is real. God created the world. I know that God died on the, Jesus died on the cross. I know that uh, all these things in the Bible, there's not just knowledge. There has to be action behind it. And in surrendering, there has to be an action. You can't just be like, I know I need to surrender, and there we go. Now, there has to be an action. There has to be a surrender. We have to die to ourselves. It's no longer what I want. It's no longer uh, my preferences, my wants and desires. It's about what, what God wants. I can't live a life of wanton pleasure. I can't indulge myself in what this world has to offer, like drugs, sex, money, popularity, success. I need to give up everything. You guys need to give up everything. For Christ. Like this passage says, it's like, if you want to come after me, deny yourself. We have to die to ourselves. It's giving up sin. It's giving up sin for Christ. That's hard. Even as even as a Christian, even I've been a Christian for many years, it's still hard. Uh, that's that that everyday struggle. Of dying to yourself, reminding myself, man, I got have to die to myself here. This is this is not what God wants. This is to honor God. And I have to keep dying to myself every day. It's it's hard, yeah. but it's what God has called us to do. Let's take up our cross daily. It says, it's not just like, hey, you took up your cross, you got across the finish line, you're done. It's it's every day. We have to. You have to do it because our sin nature is there every day. 
Every day we have to fight. And with taking up the cross, it's it's hard. We'll, we'll suffer. Uh, surrender is never easy. It's not just like you're you're fighting all of a sudden. You're like, ah, I'm done. Now. Ah, that was easy. I'm just, just done. Giving up. Um, surrender is, is never easy. It's something we have to work at. And it takes practice. It takes time. It takes the Holy Spirit in your life. You need to be praying and you can't just do it on your own. And it's like a it's like a marathon. I like running, so whenever I can I just like throw my running examples in there. Um, but it's like it's like a marathon. I mean if you're gonna run a marathon someday, everybody should run a marathon. It's a lot of fun. Um, whenever you run, um, it's it's hard. Like you're not gonna just like get up and start running a marathon. You're not gonna just like Run 26 miles, uh, and it's gonna be a piece of cake. It's gonna, be, it's hard. You have to. It takes effort, takes a lot of persistence, and it's hard the whole time. Every every second you're running, you're thinking to yourself, "Why am I doing this?" Uh, and there's so much pain, so much agony, but you keep going, right? Because you want to finish. Um, <laughs> and it's like that with 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 uh, surrendering with it's hard it's hard denying yourself it's hard taking up your cross it's not just gonna be this easy thing that you commit to and you you've done it but it's a it's a long haul and every step you take is hard you need to have the Holy Spirit in your life giving you the strength giving you the desire and you need to be surrounded by believers who can help challenge you need to be surrounded by people who can ask you hard questions, ask you how you're doing, uh, making sure that you are surrendering, that you are giving your life to Christ. And when we, we, uh, when we're surrendering, we have to remember our hearts are wicked. We're going to keep wanting to go back to sin. And and we're, we're going to continue to have that pattern in our lives until we're glorified in heaven. Uh, but it's something that we can keep doing because Christ can sustain us. We can keep going, keep surrendering. Uh, God is there with us. He's not going to let us be on our own if we're in Christ. And out of a love for what he's done, we surrender. And that's important. It's not just a a duty. It's not just something that we are just obligated to do. Like, oh, he died for me. Well, I guess I might as well honor him. Might as well surrender to him. It's it's out of a love for him, guys. This is it's a thanks for what he's done because of who he is, just because of the relationship you have with him. You you want to surrender to him. Your desires will change as we surrender to him more and more every day. Our desires will change more and more. We're going to want the things God wants more and more in our lives for faithful and surrendering to him. And it's not just to be like, ah, oh, I really want to do this thing and, and I can't because God, because I need to follow God. Well, maybe you could, can do that thing but, uh, and you can honor God. Um, but when we died ourselves. We died our simple desires. 
They no longer control us. When we, when we get saved, we, we place our trust in God and have that initial surrender to him. He's going to change us, change our sinful desires, our sinful nature. And more and more, our desires will align with him. We also need to be following him. You see, see in this passage that we have to take him across daily and follow, follow me, it says, follow Christ. And surrender can seem like a negative thing. We're giving, giving things up, right? Oh, man, I really want to do that thing, though. Man, it's just, I got to surrender that. I got to give it up. It's hard. It's... It may seem like we're not getting what we want. We're losing. And usually that's what surrender is. You lost, right? You had to wave your white flag, give up. Uh, the truth, though, is we win when we surrender, right? It's like if we were on the Nazi Germany side, World War II, or on the bad side. Uh, you guys, you don't know what Nazi Germany is. <laughs> on the bad side. And then... All of a sudden, we get changed and we get converted, and we are now on the allies. We're the allies. We're on the winning team. Uh, our desires are to, to fight for justice, um, and we join. We joined the the winning side of the war, and that's what it is when we're surrendering. We're not just like surrendering and losing, or surrendering and gaining. We're surrendering and winning. We're on Christ's side now. We get His desire. We get to. Uh, Desire what he desires, and that's the best thing for us. And we're no longer enslaved to wickedness. We're no longer enslaved to the sins and passions they once followed. And now we get to have everlasting life and perfection in Christ. What more could we want? Just to be with him forever. To be perfect. Sometimes, like on the outside, it may seem like Christians are missing out on things. You have to spend your Wednesday nights coming here. Sunday mornings going to church, uh, but how much fun you could have other places. But it's it's not we're not missing out on things, guys. We're we're able to uh, get so much more than, than the rest of the world. We're able to learn about Christ. We're able to grow in our relationships with Him. This, we're not we're not missing out at all. This is the purpose of our life is to be in Christ, glorifying Christ. There's, there's no other, there's no greater purpose and desire we could have than to know Christ. And not only that, guys, we have joy in Christ. We have peace that only, only he can provide. We get the blessing of the body of Christ. Have you guys been blessed by the body of Christ? Have you guys felt that joy, the peace that comes through Christ? We're, we're gaining things here. So in, in surrendering, guys, we have to be taking action. We have to be taking up our cross daily. Denying ourselves. Every morning you're getting up. You're praying to God. You're asking for his help to deny yourself, to live for him. And that's just something that we have to have as a habit built in our lives.
And the con this concept of surrender this applies to everyone. This is, we're all surrendering to something, as I said earlier, and we need to be surrendering to Christ. Like if you're surrendering to yourself right now, if you're surrendering to your sinful desires, and then I encourage you guys, there's, there's that initial surrender you need to be part of God's family. This is something that is requires action. This has to happen in your lives. And I know sometimes I was there. Sometimes I would think like, yep, I'm definitely going to do that. I know I need to because I want to be in heaven. I don't want to go to hell. So I'm definitely going to do that, but I'm going to wait until I die, right before, right before I die. Uh, when I'm old and I've had all the fun in my life, and I'll do it right before I die because I knew it was true. But you can't do that. You don't know when you're going to die. And there's, and if, there's, if you're really going to wait that long, you're never going to actually do it. This is something that has to happen now. This is something that you can't wait to do. This is what our lives are for. This is a purpose of our lives, is to surrender to God, to glorify him and worship him in everything. So I encourage you guys, if you haven't surrendered to, to him, to, to do it now. Don't take another moment. Don't wait for another opportunity. If you're waiting for this perfect opportunity, it is right now. And if you have more questions or stuff, you can ask people here. People are here for, for that reason. I'm here for that reason. Luke's here for that reason. Staff's here. A lot, a lot of students are here for that reason. Uh, we're here to love Christ and to show others Christ. And for those of you who are believers, yeah, still surrender. Still need to surrender. We need to be doing that every day in our lives. We have to be reminding ourselves that our, our lives are not for ourselves. Our lives are for God's glory. It's for him for him alone. And maybe that means we need to take some action and cut some things out of our lives that we were holding on to. Maybe there's some little sin that you're just holding in your heart. Nobody knows. And it doesn't really hurt anybody or it's fine. It's not that bad. But all sin is serious and, and there are some things in our lives that may not even be necessarily sin, but maybe it's a weight that's holding you down. Maybe it's not helping you run to Christ like you should be. Maybe you're holding something tightly in your grip and, and you're not wanting to surrender it to him. But I, I encourage you to do that, to examine your life if you're a believer. What, what areas do you need to be surrendering to him? And we have... I do want to say that there is... There is grace in our lives, right? We are free. Uh, we have freedoms, right? We're free to sin, as Damon likes to say. Uh, there is freedoms in Christ. That we're not hold to a le to form of legalism, right? Uh, there is grace. So it's not like we have to be very stingy in our lives and like cut everything off. This does not. This book does not mention Christ, so we're not going to read it. Uh, even though it's the Lord of the Rings and it's amazing. Uh, don't have to be 
Uh, we can do, read Lord of the Rings for the glory of God. Uh, but we can we, we examine our lives like what's what's holding us back, what are we not surrendering, but there is freedom. So remember that, guys. We are, we are free in Christ. We have grace. We have been forgiven. And that's important to remember in a, in a sermon like this where I'm talking about surrendering everything. As we, as we close here, I just want you to just be thinking about the concept of surrender in, in your life. And whether you're a believer or not believer, just, just like how, what else can you be doing in your life to surrender? And then also, I want to bring it back to our focus is, is Christ. Like, he is so worthy of our affections, so worthy of our love, our surrender. He is the one who is our focus, our hope and desire, and he's the one who, above all else, is worthy. And I just encourage you guys to look at Christ, to pour over the scriptures, to be reading the Bible, and spend that time with the Lord, this, this precious time, as you're reading the Bible in the mornings or whatever it is during the day, as you're taking the time to be praying to the Lord, or not, I encourage you to be doing that. Take time alone where you can be in the Word. You can be communion, communion, communion uh, with God. And it's important to have that time. Even if it's for a couple minutes, just to have that time every day. He is the focus of our lives. He is the object of our salvation and our purpose here on earth. Some of the best ways to do that is be praying out loud. Sometimes you can drift off. Be reading out loud too. It can be hard. It's like you're reading. You're like, oh, I don't know what I just read, but I did it. Done for the day. Uh, or, or you're praying and you start. Th- you realize that you're thinking about something totally random. Not even thinking about anything anymore. Uh, but maybe it's helpful to do it out loud because this is something. That's, it's a relationship. You are talking to God. You are. Hearing his word, maybe you need to speak it so you can hear it. Uh, and it's it's important to have in our lives is building those daily habits like that so that we can commune with him, that we can realize that he is worthy, how awesome he is. Go back and read some of the, the Old Testament stories of how, uh, how he's provided for his people. You read, read the stories about Jesus and how he's uh, how he lived his life on among us, sacrificed himself for us. Read some of the epistles and talks about um, hear the encouragement that Paul and Peter and other people bring. This is this is something that's for us to encourage us, to grow us, to show us Christ. I encourage you guys, everything you do is uh, do for his glory.